Welcome back to My Best Friends and Engineer. I'm Libby. And I'm Lexi. And today we're going to do an episode for you guys all about tips to mitigate imposter syndrome. I know that this is something that I personally have experienced. I think we both experience and it's something that we often get questions about. Um, so we're going to get into all of our tips for how to navigate imposter syndrome feelings in school, but also in the workplace. Um, but before we get into it, let's catch up a little tea of the week. Um, we're, you guys will be hearing this episode and Lexi, you have not gone on your trip yet, but when they hear this episode, you will have gone on your trip. So any updates to the packing or your trip or anything like that? Yes. So, uh, I haven't packed <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so that's my update. Um, and then I got all my work done. I know I was like talking in the last episode about how I wanted to get some extra work done. So it's mm-hmm. like a little bit more manageable. So got everything that I wanted to accomplish done. So we love that. So we're going to pack tonight after this. We're going to go to Target. Nice. We're going to do our little last run. So I'm super excited. We're going to totally get, like, di- uh, what's the word? Distracted in, uh, oh, in yeah. Target. I'm probably going to buy stuff I don't need. But, yeah. And other than that, like you said, we filmed, like, two days ago. So, oh, the coffee thing. Day four oh, of yeah, the coffee. Oh, yeah, how's it going? Update we're f- us. We're feeling better. We're feeling better. We... Are much more I, okay so i started eating apples more because they give you like oh, natural energy apparently nice. so i'm like i'm like treating the apples i'm like okay i need an apple in the morning and the afternoon but i'm like i feel like that's so silly it's like a little placebo effect i'm like okay just give me the energy <laughs> to finish the work day i'm like i'm like thinking you're just gonna inject me with energy as soon as i finish the apple um you know what i used but, to do uh, in college i used to get caffeine pills which i guess that wouldn't really be good for you if you're trying to not drink coffee for caffeine but i used to pop those caffeine pills in college and i was like and i'd be like get awake get focused i know those actually worked though it's funny because i have friends in med school that do the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like that's so funny because i feel like the caffeine pills you like find them at the gas station so it's like you i should know. probably take them and it's like they just love them they're like this is how i got through med school i said really i said what brand are you what brand are you using <laughs> i'm like i think i need to start using so, those at work because woo. yeah so yeah so that's my update i'm excited we're leaving tomorrow we'll stay tuned i'll have no service at all so mm-hmm. you gotta keep the you gotta hold down the fort nothing's keep gonna happen the ship, I hope. keep the ship afloat <laughs> <laughs> yeah how about you? How has your last two days been? Um, good. Um, yeah, I guess the only updates that I have to bring to the table today are that I am killing it on my golf game this summer. I just started playing golf um, three years ago, and before that I had never played golf before, and I started as someone who like, I couldn't even hit the ball. Like I would just like hack up the ground, and I would get like pissed because I've always been someone who is like, competitive, and so starting golf at like so late in my life and and being terrible at it i would get pissed i'd be like why the heck am i so bad at this it shouldn't be this hard it's just a little ball and a stick um but yeah i've been golfing every wednesday with my little women's golf league and so that's been going well um and then yeah other than that um work has been good i feel like a lot better like i feel like i'm not in meetings from 7 a.m to 5 p.m this week at least um yeah i've just been trying to like block those time blocks get work done and i actually feel like i have been and um the task tracker has been helping out and that's definitely something we want to touch on today so yeah i mean just chugging along at the i i don't know life feels like kind of at a standstill right now for some reason just because i feel like i'm always thinking about work which probably isn't the most healthy but just still trying to like get like the work life balance under control oh my god speaking of work life balance how did i forget i had my <laughs> i just went from like zero energy level to 100 energy level um i had my first ever work from home day at my new job on wednesday so. amazing how was it Oh my god, you could have thought that I won the lottery when I got a text back from my boss that I could work from home. <laughs> Brett was getting for ready for work and I went into the bathroom and I was like, I get to work from home today! And I was like jumping up and down. But since he's out of office, my boss is out of office and all my meetings on Wednesday were on Teams. And so I texted him. I felt so bad. I texted him at like 
5.30 in the morning, and I was like, hello, do you mind if I work from home today? And then I was like, he's probably not going to respond. He's on freaking PTO. Why would he respond at 5.30 in the morning? So then he responded a little bit later, and I kind of had made up my mind at that point. I was like, I'm just going to, like, do it and ask for forgiveness if he gets mad at me or something. So I'm glad he was like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so amazing. We can do so more do of you that. get to work? Yeah, definitely. Do you get to work from home tomorrow, or are you back in the office? Um, I haven't decided. <laughs> I also have all. Um, <laughs> I also have all the teams meetings tomorrow. I might go in like for a little half day action and leave at lunchtime, which is kind of like what I would love to do. Like moving forward, is have maybe a few days or even just one day a week where I can either completely work from home or work from home in the mornings and then come in at lunchtime. So we'll see, but yeah, just it's you know. It's like crazy trying, it's, and it sounds so lame, but it is crazy trying to get like a schedule down with work. Like, I just can't believe it's still, it's taken so long. Like I've been at the shop for like two months now and I'm still like, ah, how do I live my life like this? But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to we'll say about it. <laughs> a little bent, bent session. Your boss is like listening to this like, oh my God. I know. <laughs> I know, but all right. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, amazing. I'm glad that you were able to work from home, and hopefully tomorrow. I feel like you've already made up your mind. You're gonna work from home tomorrow. I you should. Know. You should. I know. Stay tuned. But yeah, the task tracker has really been helping because then I can like clearly tell. For anybody who didn't listen to the previous episode, I started ta- tracking my tasks at work, which we're gonna get into a little bit more with this episode. But it's been good because then every day when I when I complete an item and I say the day that I completed it, then I can be like, okay, on Wednesday, what all did I do? And then I'm like, oh, look at all this stuff I did. Like, cool, amazing. I'm actually doing my job and not just being like, oh, like this is so hard. How do I manage my schedule? So, yeah, <laughs> trying to end on a positive <laughs> note. We love that. We're feeling unhinged, but it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Amazing. Well, that is an awesome little update. (laughs) Yeah, I think we could probably get into um, the topic for today. I think for our listeners, we wanted to kind of start off by um, mentioning some statistics of imposter syndrome, which I feel like when you think of imposter syndrome, you don't really think of statistics, but I don't know. I feel like imposter syndrome can apply to anybody like you don't just have to be an engineer but I feel like it's so much more common than you think it is and since nobody really talks about it like it's not like I'm going up to my coworkers being like I feel imposter syndrome today like since nobody talks about it I feel like everybody's like oh I'm the only one who's thinking this right now but everybody probably has felt it at some point in their life definitely sometimes honestly I go up to my coworkers I'm like dude I sound dumb and then (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna start doing that (laughs) And it helps to have, like, we'll get into it, of course, but I'm like, it, all, it helps, because I'm like, and I feel like they were not expecting it. Like, it was just like, they'd be like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, yeah. are you sure? I was like, that pause between this, like, minute 20 and 21 of that of that meeting, did I, was that dumb? <laughs> They're like, shut up. But <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so instead of doing tea of the week or reading the reviews, yeah, we're going to read out some little facts for you guys. And these are from prnewswire.com. Thank you, PR Newswire. (laughs) We'll link them in the show notes. Give credit where credit is due. Of course, always. Okay, you want to take it away? Sure. So um, this uh, source says that 75% of female executives surveyed reported experiencing imposter syndrome, which I think is honestly shocking. 75%, that's a very large number. That's more than the majority, obviously. And female executives, that means these are women who are in top producing roles. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I guess it just goes to show that, like, imposter syndrome doesn't, isn't just at, like, the entry level, quote unquote, job level. You know, it, it can go all the way up to the executive level. Definitely. And we're going to actually break up this episode into imposter syndrome at school and then imposter syndrome syndrome at in the workforce Mm -hmm. so just a little just a little background info all right the next (laughs) why did i forget what this was (laughs) (laughs) the next fact is that 53 percent of female professionals between the ages of 25 to 34 are currently experiencing imposter syndrome do you fall on that Libby, do you want to sign us up? That's us. 
You know what? I'm 24, but I'm going to round up and say, yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling it. We're feeling it. Well, I feel like it's so um, common in people who are right out of college, too, because... I feel like any any at any point in your twenties, I feel like it's common and thirties because you're right out of college. You just went from like studying and having an insane, non-existent sleep schedule and like going out and like, I don't know, just trying to get your degree. To all of a sudden, you're like making decisions with sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars for a company, and you're like, how am I being trusted to do this right now? I don't understand why I got hired to do this. And they don't let you forget it either. They're like, you know what? You don't do this. This is how much we lose. And you're like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, and I'm the don't only one that. to make the decision? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. And I feel like that's very common. I'm all, I guess it's common probably in a business world too. But I don't know. I feel like with engineering, it's like you clearly are working with either equipment that's very expensive or just like product that's very expensive, medication, just like all this stuff that's like <laughs> insane. It's just like tangible and you can see it. Like the business people, I feel like they obviously like deal with a lot of money as well but it's like you're just moving it <laughs> i don't want to say fake like, but it's like know? yeah it's like yeah it's like not i don't know yeah i'm like i can't comprehend that so that's why again that's another reason why i didn't do business because i'm like is this real or not <laughs> i know well and i think another thing too with women in stem or like women in male dominated fields particularly are especially at this age we are so young and we're working sometimes with people who the average age is like 60 or late 50s and they've been doing this for longer than we've even been alive and so then we come in here and we're trying to like make these big decisions or like tell these older men what to do and it's like you know of course you're gonna feel like am i right am i doing this correctly like you're of course you're gonna question yourself because you're just trying to prove yourself in the first place too and that's another thing that they don't let you forget. They always let you know how long they've been doing it. Or, they, <laughs> how long oh, you've been or they'll in, be like, oh, I think, I think you're the age of my children or my daughter. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah, you're like, awesome. Yeah. Okay, and then we have one more fact, if you want to take it away. Yeah, so um, I think this fact is great for the reason why we want to do this podcast episode. But 85% of women have not spoken to someone at work about their struggles for fear of being seen as weak. And I think that totally goes into what I just touched on with like, you're working with all these older men um, or younger men, men of any ages, but you're trying to like come off and be perceived as someone who is a professional who has their shit together and like knows what they're talking about. And you can totally get in your head. And if nobody is talking about it at work, nobody in your personal life is talking about it. It's so easy to feel like so isolated and be like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Am I the only one? Like, why do I feel so dumb right now? Like I, you know, we all have engineering degrees. Come on, ladies. We're not dumb. Our degree proves it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so now I think we can probably get into the bulk of the episode. Like Lexi said, we're going to break it up into kind of two parts because I know personally I've definitely felt some imposter syndrome, especially while going through engineering school. And then we're going to finish up the episode by talking about imposter syndrome in the workforce. Um, so Lexi, do you want to kick it off? What, what are your thoughts with how to mitigate imposter syndrome during school? Yes. Okay. So the first scene that comes into my mind when someone says imposter syndrome in undergrad is working on this school project and like working with all these boys that just, they are just so much louder. I mean, maybe they're loud women. Like I'm not saying that, but just with me, we all know that I'm very quiet. Um, (laughs) And I just felt so dumb because they would like talk about what they know and talk about all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Were we supposed to know that? So that is what you know, the biggest thing in my opinion that comes to mind. And so, okay, one thing like on the topic of group projects that I always love to do, I would love to go meet as a team and then like kind of split up the work, talk about what needs to be done. And then I would just love to go and work on my own. Like I would Mm -hmm. bring it like that was kind of how, yeah. And I don't know if this is common for a lot of people's like group projects, but that is just what I noticed has always worked. Like, and that's what I've always done. Because I could just go back, check my work. Like, I feel like I would get so nervous, like, working with other people. I feel like that kind of messed me up. And then I would just feel so dumb. Like, oh, I made a mistake. And then they correct you and, like, be so loud. So that is what I suggest doing in, like, these situations with, like, the group projects. Take it home. Work on it. Check it over. Check it out. (laughs) Make sure Chegg agrees. Check it out. uh, (laughs) And then at that point, you can also, like, bring your section to the professor and, like, you can talk to them separately just to make sure everything's in accordance. 
because like you don't obviously bring incorrect work to the group projects but I don't know I that just I think for me it was more of like the stage fright like actually doing stuff in front of people like I forgot how to do all math like derivatives what is that what Mm -hmm. am I you know like I think that was just my thing so I don't know what are your thoughts what about like specifically on group projects and then we can go into like school in general yeah I think a tip that I can give for how to mitigate imposter syndrome in a group project setting when you're in school is to focus on your strengths and like reinforce your strengths so like project management and like managing teams like I feel like in the moment I didn't realize it was a strength but looking back like it makes sense why I fell into this career path um like I was always the person who like got the group together scheduled the team meetings figured out like the approach we're going to take took the meeting minutes like that um you know that was always something that like I just kind of owned because I enjoyed doing it and liked doing it so rather than get stuck with like a portion of the group project that I maybe didn't feel as comfortable or like maybe as confident in doing I would always be the first to volunteer for something that I felt confident in so definitely if there is an opportunity right in the beginning of the group project and let's say you really feel confident in like your calculations or you really feel confident in like gathering data and presenting it in a clear concise way or like whatever it may be capitalize on your strengths remind yourself that you are good at this and then you know that you can kind of combine advice from Lexi as well and like if you don't feel comfortable like sharing those skills in the group setting you can always take that work back home and like do it independently yeah and going off of that you know how you just have to come to terms with what you're you know most comfortable with and what you kind of excel at one thing that I want to emphasize is to remind yourself that everyone excels in something different Mm-hmm. So I know we talked about this, I think, in a previous episode, we were, like, talking about my research lab, and, you know, I was sitting there, and it's like, you know, these I'm working with these people who want to go into research, so they're obviously very good, very good at the lab techniques, lab, just understanding that whole, you know, the lab situation, mm-hmm. versus me, who I knew I wanted to do corporate, I knew I wanted to start working, you know, and then I just had to come to terms with, because obviously I still was working in the lab, we already touched on this before, But one thing I had to come to terms with is that, you know, in these types of settings, I am way better at speaking than they are. And I'm not saying that they're bad at communicating, but that is just one thing that I just had to keep reminding myself, like, okay, maybe I don't have the technical knowledge, or maybe I don't want to spend my free time reading all these articles like they do. But, you know, when it comes to presenting your research or communicating that, I think we kind of excelled in different areas, which is why I kind of decided to pursue a different different path where I didn't need to know all this lab Mm -hmm. lab stuff and all this technical information so you know maybe you don't know those derivatives in your group projects but maybe you again like Libby said see I can't even think of any other calculations you do maybe you can like um talk about the the strain uh in your stress oh yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) you make a really good stress strain diagram (laughs) they can't do that So, I don't know, that's something I had to remind myself a lot, because I get, I feel like people are so much more amplified in school versus a work setting. I don't know, maybe, I personally haven't, like, experienced anyone who's, like, really in your face in the workforce, like, oh, I'm smarter than you. Yeah. But in school, 100%. And, like, I think it's important that we're kind of talking about the two different, like, school versus workforce, because in school, I think it's much easier to... Um, to like realize you have that imposter syndrome because you have all these mm-hmm. like little check marks. So you have your exams. If you don't do well, clearly, that's gonna you know add to your imposter syndrome. Like all mm-hmm. these, all these things, you, all these like the hoops that you have to jump through, I guess. And then in the workforce, it's just so. Again, we talked about this. Like you have two years till you're promoted. Okay, what am I working towards every day? You don't know if you're doing well. You're like, okay, I'm still have my job so clearly I'm doing something right but am I doing it correctly so Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know school was just way more amplified and you just need to take a step back and remember that and just and then just hope you never see those people again after graduation well and another thing that you know going off of your point about everything being more amplified in school I feel like because it is so male dominated like the boys would kind of like play off of their masculine energy like whether or not they were doing it intentionally um, like a, uh, a memory that came to mind for me was in one of my classes, uh, I had a professor who she would take the exams after every time we had an exam and she would read off the person who got the highest score 
And she wouldn't say, like, Jimmy got a 99, Timmy got an 80, like, Sally. Like, she wouldn't read off the actual score, but she would go, I'm going to start from the highest score, and then I'm going to go to the lowest score. And she would say the highest score was 100%, and the lowest score was a 50 or whatever. So you knew what those people got, but you didn't know where everybody else landed. And so anyway, she would go off and read down everybody on the list from, like, best to least, essentially. And this one guy... Oh, like this makes my blood boil. Every time I saw him, my eyes started twitching so I'd get so mad. But this one guy, he always would be the one who had the highest score in the class. He always got like above a 95, okay? And it's not like I was failing at this class. I was doing fine. I was getting like B pluses, A minuses. But he, when he would walk up to pick up his exam, he would like wave it in all of our faces and be like, woohoo, again, I got the highest score. And, like, to your point about everything being more amplified, that would never fly in a corporate setting. Like, you would get disciplined in some manner or, like, you know, pulled aside and and talked to because that's just simply not professional. And, like, men and boys can definitely get away with that type of behavior a lot more in a school setting than, like, in a corporate setting. And it makes you wonder, like, what the teacher got from that. Like, did yeah. she think it was helping? Like, did she think, like, did she just love having, like, the little sadness in people's eyes? Like, I'm like I what? Know. It's crazy. And, ah, oh, God, it's just, they're so bitter. Some teachers are just so, like, they don't want to be there. And you're like, I mean, obviously, like, they're probably there for the research, if that's the mm-hmm. case. But I'm like, oh, And I think she God. was someone who was there for research only, like, didn't really care about the class she was teaching. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, yeah. Um, I think the only other thing that, like, not the only other thing, but, like, another um, time that comes to mind with me being mechanical was I always totally felt imposter syndrome whenever we had to build a group project. So, like, I obviously knew how to use power tools, but, like, I don't know. So, on, uh, especially on, like, powered drills, there is usually a button that, like, determines if it's going clockwise or counterclockwise. And I always felt so embarrassed to ask, like, hey, which way is this going? Like, is this going the right way or not? Because, like, I would know, but I don't know. Sometimes you just, like, before you're about to drill into your group project, you want to double check. And that was always a time where I felt, like, so much imposter syndrome because it shouldn't be that big of a deal, right? It's a simple question. If a boy were to ask this question to another boy, it would be like, hey, dude, can you just double check this? Like, it'd be no big deal. But being a girl, the only girl in the group, I felt like I kind of had to prove myself that like, oh, I know how to use the power tools and like, I know how to correctly, I don't know, make our group project and I'm not going to mess it up and I'm not going to, again, going back to that statistic we mentioned, I'm not going to be seen as weak in this group project or as like a bad team member because I don't know how to use a power tool. So that is also like another time I totally felt imposter syndrome. Definitely. Yeah. And I can add one story as well. It was, I remember it was my senior design. I have no complaints with my group. I just, it was just my own thing. Again, like going off of your point of you having to feel like you need to prove yourself as, you know, a girl. Um, I, so again, we delegated as you do in like senior design, you know, ours was like designing a scaled up process and like designing the factory and everything. Um, so we it was easy to split it up. We're like, okay, you'll t- you'll take upstream, you'll take the background, you'll take like the risk. I don't know. It was just it was split up really nicely. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I had to know the whole process just because I just needed you know if someone asked me a question like I wanted to know it because I was like, what if they think I'm dumb? Like yeah. if I don't know anything. So I remember I stayed up and this was like when we're home for COVID. So I was just sitting in my little room. I had nothing to do anyway. So I would just like work on this like till literally 3 a.m like I was just like memorizing everything and I didn't have to but I was like I wanted to be prepared for all the questions the professors asked like if no one on my team could answer I wanted to be able to you know I just didn't want them to think that we were dumb or anything but I was like that was so unnecessary I mean I know the process really well (laughs) so but you've got it on the back of your hands now (laughs) yeah so if you you guys want a factory I have a little mock-up version for you but yeah so I totally I totally feel that like just needing to prove yourself I don't know I mean I'm sure it helped like now I have that little knowledge (laughs) yeah all this stuff but I don't know it was stressful in the moment because I and I remember I would be so stressed going into these meetings and like we would meet as a group before and like the guys would be like oh no problem it's so easy I'm like what if they ask us a question we don't know (laughs) like I don't know just the unnecessary stress I guess is my point 
Yeah, I think, I think too, sometimes, like, men will have this, like, unwarranted, like, confidence in themselves as well, and, like, I think it's just common for women to feel a little bit more, not, not, like, timid, but, like, a little bit more reserved in their abilities. I don't know what the exact statistic number is, but there's something that like contributes to you know the gender pay gap in saying it's some statistic that's like i'm just gonna make up another number here but like 25 percent more men will apply to jobs that they're only like 10 percent qualified for and a woman will only apply to jobs if she feels she is 80 to 90 percent qualified for and i think that like is another form too sometimes of like imposter syndrome where men just like will see something and just have this false confidence or whatever it may be and just go for it or just like share their opinions or like speak about um like facts even if they don't know if they're 100 percent true but they'll speak about it confidently whereas a woman is more like oh i just want to make sure i get it right like i just want to make sure i have my eyes dotted and my t's crossed and i think it's just kind of like something that we need to talk about more in order for more women to overcome and like to normalize it more, but like definitely is very prevalent and common in this industry. Definitely. Awesome. Do you have any, do you have any any additional points of like during undergrad at all? No, I was just going to say, should we just summarize like what our tips are and then move on to tips for the workforce? Yeah. Okay. So basically, I feel like we always go on little tangents. I'm like, what did I, uh, what did I just say? Um, so basically, remember, remember that everyone brings something to the table. You know, you might bring something different, but everyone does excel, and it'll come out eventually. Um, and then when working on group projects, work alone. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. See, I knew that was gonna Be sound weird, but. <laughs> but try if you can to work separately. If you, if the root of your imposter syndrome is like that stage right like oh i don't want to or like the overthinking while you're Mm -hmm. working with someone because that's i know that that was that was my little cause of it or one of the causes so i think i think those were my points (laughs) yeah and then i think just the tips that come to mind for me just to keep it clear and concise are um focus on your strengths so um especially by senior year if you are doing a senior design or a senior capstone by that point you know, you should know what your strengths are in engineering school and really capitalize on those, really own those. When it comes time to split up the work, be the first to volunteer for the thing that you know you're the best at. Um, and then don't be afraid to like rely on the professor. That's what the professor is there for. If you don't feel comfortable like sharing your concerns in the group setting, go to the professor. Um, I think if you just lean on that resource as like a default for questions, um, and just have like open communication with your professor go to office hours um come prepared do like come up with your questions beforehand and be like i think this is right but i don't know can you just double check always the best to do that with a professor in a one-on-one setting um and with that i think we can probably move on to how we deal with imposter syndrome in corporate america (laughs) yes my favorite i love it love it so much (laughs) All right, why don't you take us away? What What are your thoughts on um, imposter syndrome in corporate America? Have you ever felt it? And what do you think are the best ways to mitigate the feelings? Always. I feel like I always, whenever my boss is in on a meeting and, like, someone asks me for, like, a little consult on, like, a little project, um, I always, like, end the call and I'm like, did that make any sense? <laughs> I was like, what did I just say? Um so okay one thing that i have found that has really helped is just being transparent i know we've talked about this before um i think it's better to be upfront if you don't know and it's again it's all about how you word it your tone like you know i'm not too familiar with this process but let me get back to you and i'll you know hopefully have an answer for you because if you're saying nonsense what is that going to get you know it's just going to get them into a little nonsense situation on their end and then it's like a big ball of nonsense when it comes back and your boss finds out that you're saying and saying rubbish you're saying rubbish (laughs) so um (laughs) but and so like if you're ever in that situation so i actually had someone reach out to me and she's like oh can i get um 
you know, there's an audit. I have a water system validation question. Can you hop on a call? And I said, okay, yeah, I can hop on a call this afternoon. If you want to send over the documentation just so I can familiarize myself with it, that would be great. And it'd probably be more worthwhile. So we did that. And like, I was able to look up everything and just confirm what I thought. And like, it went so smoothly. So that is one thing I recommend. And then going off of the being upfront aspect of it, um, there was a time where I was in a meeting and my boss was on PTO. So it was just me. And someone asked me, okay, what, what would we do in this situation? And I was like, you know what? I'm not too familiar with this, but let me get back to you. And he literally says, thank you so much for being so transparent. He's like, not a lot of people do that. And I was like, then that's, that's when I clicked. I was like, should I have not? I was like, a lot of people don't do that. Should I have not done that? But I don't know. What was I going to say? I was going to just make, yeah. you know, something up. No. So that is one thing I think is very important to focus on. Even with your manager to say, you know, just say, I'm not too familiar with this. How can I educate myself on this topic so that I'm more prepared for the future? Again, all about how you say it, all about the tone. You know what? I'm gonna, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Everyone should read the book, Crucial Conversations. This is like exactly what the okay. book is all about. Side conversation. Uh, Joey just finished it, so I'm going to start reading it on the yes, road trip. Yes, start reading it. Everybody listening. <laughs> I'm excited. Go on Amazon, Google book, Crucial Conversations. But basically... Like, what I've learned from the book is, especially in instances like this, where you maybe are feeling imposter syndrome, literally bring it up to your boss. And hopefully you have a good enough relationship. I know not everybody is privileged to have a good relationship with their boss. However, if you do, I think it's really important to have that dialogue and have that, you know, conversation in the context. And we're, we're in our 20s here, people. Okay, maybe you're in your 30s. But a lot of us that are listening to this podcast, you're very early on in your career And I think that like, we need to give more credit to our managers and like, they know that we're still figuring things out. Um, I think that is like the biggest lesson I've learned starting my new job, Um, especially because I'm new to this industry, new to the processes that, that they use. And I've felt really uncomfortable asking for help essentially, because going back to it, I don't want to be seen as someone who is incompetent. I don't want to be viewed as someone who doesn't know what they're doing. I don't want them to think, oh, you know, why did we hire this girl? She has no idea what's going on. But like, I think we just all need to do better at like, it's okay to feel those things, but like remind yourself that it's probably not true. And these people probably aren't thinking of you in that way. And you just have to be like open with your communication and, you know, get through it rather than just like pestering in your mind and like focusing on like the bad feelings of the imposter syndrome i feel that yeah and just remind yourself you know and i've you know been doing this a lot lately but you are hired for a reason you know um i i think i felt this not only when i got hired at my company but also when i was negotiating my offer and like say was helping me do that um but like (laughs) They gave you an offer for a reason. They gave you a position for a reason. They brought you onto the company for a reason. And I think we need to stop thinking, oh, I'm just the diversity hire. Or, oh, they just, they didn't have any women on the team. And so that's why they hired me. Like, no, let's eliminate that stereotype. Let's stop thinking that way. And just, you know, start reminding yourself, start embodying that fake confidence that these men have, you know, like, Make it till you make it a little bit and be like, no, you know what? They did hire me for a reason. And I am a badass and I am really good at my job. And like, just start hyping yourself up a little bit. I love that. I agree. Power stance. <laughs> power stance. I she, has, she has in her, her outline notes, fake confidence, power stance. I just imagine Literally. Libby just like. Before my interviews, like every interview, I just was like beaming like a superhero. I was like. I am good at interviewing. I will get this job. <laughs> so just, just speak it into speak it. Yeah, speak it into uh, existence. There you go. Yes, you have to. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, another thing that I think has helped me. I know that we're all we're all engineers. We all love metrics. We all love you know just 
having the facts on the on the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So I think tracking and measuring your successes, everything that you've accomplished is very helpful. So like Libby mentioned that, you know, we might touch on her task tracker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's much easier to see what you accomplished if you list them out and then again, run metrics on them. So I personally don't do that. I, I have my little one note and I cross them off and I, but Libby, she can speak on that. She has her little like, my percentage of what I finished on time, <laughs> la da da, like all this stuff. So, and then the source that I was looking at, it says making a list of your evidence. I love that. Like love that. make a list of the evidence of, again, going back to your other comment about why you were hired. You were hired for a reason. This is the evidence. I can accomplish this. All right, let's do the next thing. Let's mm-hmm. go and d- deal with the next problem. But Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think that, like, you know, like you said with tracking in OneNote, I, I don't think you need to make it complicated. Even if you just want to have, like, a piece of paper that you always keep by your desk that you write things down on. I mean, I would personally prefer on the computer because you can edit it easier. But, you know, whatever floats your boat. And then, um, you know, going off that point of, like, I've solved problems in the past. I can solve problems before. I think that's something that is definitely a really good reminder to yourself. If you are ever feeling imposter syndrome or if you're ever feeling, like, oh, why did this company hire me? Like, I don't understand. I Like, I, I can't even make good decisions. I, I don't know how to solve this problem. Like, I don't know how to work with these people. Like, you know, we, we all get in our heads sometimes and say these things. But think back to every single example you can think of of a time that you've solved a problem. Think back to your engineering school. Think, you know, you got a degree. You know, you had to go through all those courses and you had to solve all those problems. And doesn't matter how you solve those problems or how you got to the end goal or how you got your degree you did it so remind yourself of that whenever you're in these situations especially at work where you're like oh i just don't even i just don't even know what i'm gonna do um i think like one other one other tip that i have is um if you are feeling um these really big feelings of imposter syndrome something that i've tried to do is like kind of change up the narrative so if your best friend were venting to you and telling you the things that you're telling yourself, what advice would you give her? Um, I know that like Lexi, if you were to come to me and, and vent to me about all the th- imposter syndrome that you're feeling, I would probably hype you up and be like, oh my gosh, like, don't feel that way. Like you got this, like you literally did research, you got your degree, like you did a senior design project, like think of all these. And I think we need to start talking to ourselves that way, um, especially in times of imposter syndrome, it, it can be so easy, I know, but it does no, it gives you no value to continue to just sit there and sulk and like be like, oh, I'm such an imposter. Like really, I would challenge you to try to change that narrative in your mind and think of how you would talk to your best friend about imposter syndrome. Exactly. And going off of that point, like it doesn't accomplish anything. And I love that point because like in stressful situations, like in other, you know, not even just talking about imposter syndrome, I feel like, again, we all have that engineering mindset, STEM mindset. So it's so you just you know, I don't know. I feel like I approach things. I'm like, okay, so what am I gonna do about it? Yeah. Like what you know, like, what's like the next what, step? Yeah. Like how can I mitigate this? If I can't, then go live under a rock, girl, girl, because you're gonna get this everywhere. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> so like all of our sources, we were like doing some research before this. All the sources were like, ah, it's gonna happen. Okay, so mm-hmm. tell us how it's how to fix it. It was just so funny because like all these people are like it happens everywhere i'm like we know we've been there yeah give us tangible advice come on yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i love that because i feel like again i feel like a lot of people who are listening to this can align just okay what am i going to do about it let's let's make some progress and again that goes with like the evidence let me Mm -hmm. make a list let me do all that but love that awesome well i think we can close out the episode we wanted to share a few stories of like times that we've felt imposter syndrome or like any advice that we can give based on the experiences we've had so far in our careers. So Lexi, do you want to take us away? Do you have a story to share with our audience? Yes. Okay. So this actually happened yesterday. So I was on this call with my boss yesterday and it was a team asking us for advice. Um, it was like some statistics question. And so my boss took it away and I was like, and I was supposed to take away the meeting, kind of. Mm-hmm. But then my Wi-Fi, apparently my Wi-Fi, like, my camera froze and everything. And I was like, I can still oh, hear you. So he's like, oh, let me. He's like, oh, I'll just take it away since her computer's frozen. I felt so silly. I was like, ah, my Wi-Fi. Because we keep having issues with my Wi-Fi when we're recording. So whatever. So he said all his stuff. And then I was like, okay. So I just felt so dumb that it was supposed to be my meeting. Like, he said everything that aligned with what I would have said. I had all my sources. I just felt so silly. I was like, ah. mm-hmm. 
Wi-Fi. He's, I was like, he probably thinks I'm nervous. Like, I'm Aww. doing it on purpose. But then he called me right after. He's like, did everything I said in that meeting, did that make sense? And I was, like, so relieved because I was like, okay. You know, and he is 30 plus, like, around, mm-hmm. you know. And I am just turned 24. And I, that was kind of reassuring in that moment to have him ask that. You know, mm-hmm. ask, did everything I, because he knew I did the research, you know. And so that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. So, but in that moment, in that meeting, I was like, oh my gosh. And then just like other stories, like, like I said, when someone asked me that, it was like a water system validation question. I was just straight up like, I am not too familiar with that yet. S- total imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, you bet, you bet your bottom dollar that I read all the standards of water system validation after that. I said, I said, never again. I will never know, again. I will know everything about the water. <laughs> but um okay do you have any stories um yeah i mean i think that i have certainly felt imposter syndrome in my current role but definitely in my first few years post-grad in my first role um for some background i worked in the power generation industry on combined cycle power plants and like the average age of people that work in that industry is like literally 60 like these people are about to retire and it's it's honestly like a whole separate problem because young people don't want to get into that industry because they don't want to work with all these oldies no offense oldies but they don't want to work with them and that and some of these industries are kind of getting stressed because they're like what are we going to do in the next 10 to 15 years when all these people retire and we have nobody who has the knowledge to like take their spot basically but anyway it was very difficult to hop on a meeting with either co-workers or um um, what are they called millwrights like the labor people or get on a call with subcontractors or you know other vendors or suppliers and on the other line there's you know two to five men average age you know between late 40s and early 60s and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to explain like how we're going to solve a problem or like what is impacting our schedule or even worse if something did go wrong admitting hey this went wrong this is what we're going to do to fix it that was like made my skin crawl like it was so uncomfortable to do I remember one time we were working on a turning gear which is basically just like this um system that has like a bunch of gears in it i don't know just turn together just like the name turning gear but um we found a one of their gears was cracked and we had to we the timeline we had for this repair was two weeks and to have a supplier procure the correct material and manufacture this gear was going to be eight weeks because there's a lot of like heat treating and things that you have to do to harden the gear um to like improve the strength properties and stuff when you're manufacturing a gear of that size oh my god like that was i i like was hyperventilating before i was like had to tell these this customer because it was just like all these intimidating men and i had to be like so just so you know like one of your gears is cracked but like no worries you guys we're working on it like oh that was so hard and so i don't know i just had to push through it obviously and I think in those moments what I tried to do was stick to the facts and before I hopped on that meeting I tried to anticipate what questions they would have kind of like what you mentioned so that I could have the answers and then of course I didn't have all the answers in the meeting but when they were asking questions that I didn't know um I was very much like you know what um haven't looked into that yet but I'm writing it down now and I think something that is a good piece of advice is always give yourself a due date and tell that other person because that can like build confidence and trust in your abilities with these people especially if you're like new to the company or something like that if you can say like i don't know the answer to that but i will get back to you by the end of the day tomorrow and then actually getting back to them by the end of the day tomorrow really like helps reflect like that you're good at your job you are good at your job but you know what i mean like it's it's always good to like reassure who you're working with but yeah Oh man, like the, I was, you can ask Brett, I was being so dramatic. I would, I was like screaming and crying to Brett and I was like, I don't want to have to do this. Like, I'm so nervous to make this call. And like, I think a big part of the reason was feeling that imposter syndrome and I was nervous. Yeah. Definitely. I feel that. I didn't have to make any angry calls, but like, I couldn't imagine doing that. 
<laughs> your, your gear is broken. I know. What'd you do to it? They're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Is it my fault? I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I, I didn't know, even man. touch it. Yeah. I'm like, I can text you a pic and you can see it if you want. <laughs> They're like, I need. What's your number? They're like, I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> I'm so old, I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> oh, Amazing. Man. Okay, so I just thought of one more thing. So I wanted to close out with an honorable mention with my old coworker. I was talking to him earlier, and I would like ask him some of what he deals with. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting coming from a boy, but he had some good points actually. I don't know if he's gonna listen to this. So hello, if you are. Yeah. But get into it. Um, what is his perspective? So that well, right. Right before that, I had one more. So it was, so I love being very professional in these meetings. Like, I, I don't know if that makes me seem uptight and, like, just the way I talk. Like, I just try to be very, like, eloquent, professional. Like, I don't know. And this this guy, actually the same one that gave this advice, he's like, oh, I thought you, you were 27 when oh. I met you just because of, like, the way that you were speaking and all that stuff. And I'm like, I speak that way because I get so nervous that people are going to be like, oh, she's young, she's a girl, like, yeah. all that stuff. But I have found that that kind of helps in those situations because I feel like it kind of puts a boundary, like, between... And I know maybe I've touched on this before, but it kind of puts a boundary between you and the other individual you're talking to because, you know, if you respect yourself and you speak that way and you can, you know hold it together again i love talking about the tone i feel like it kind of doesn't encourage them to speak poorly towards you like to your face at least i mean who knows what they say behind my back they're probably like oh this uptight girl (laughs) does she smile no i smile when i'm out of the office like i smile when i'm home (laughs) but i don't know so i think that has also helped a little bit um you know i still have an imposter syndrome but like it's you're dealing less with those uncomfortable situations i guess Definitely. i don't even know if that relates but yeah. but yeah so okay speaking of my coworker, it was funny because the first thing he said he said masks helped with that a lot which oh. is so true which it is so true because like like you can make a face and look confused but they don't know <laughs> i just laughed when i heard that um okay so he also said that asking a lot of questions helps um it helps when you're not the one talking <laughs> And I was like, that's an interesting tactic. Just push it on them. And then you get that information, I guess. But That is a really good point because um, real quick on that, I, the first time in this new job that I visited the manufacturing facility with my boss, I remember I wanted to like seem competent. So I was asking him questions about literally everything. I'd be like, "Um, what's that manufacturing process like? what are they doing there? What's that technique? Like everything I was being like, what is this tech time? Like I was just trying to think of like things that I learned in school and like bring up these terms and kind of like ask questions and kind of like you said, put the talking off on him. But when we got back from that trip, he was like, you know what? Like I was actually really impressed. Like take this as a compliment, but you asked more questions than my four-year-old asks about what we're going to have for dinner. He was like, you were just asking so many questions and like, I didn't expect that. So I think that is a good point of like, if you're in those situations, just keep going, keep asking. It shows you're curious. Definitely. And it shows you're interested. It shows that you're like involved in the conversation, you're not just mm-hmm. like and, and especially attention. Yeah, with those facility visits, they that's always a good thing to do mm-hmm. and like I don't know. Just staying awake, alert, and attentive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, and then he had so he had four points total. So his third point is working with someone to accomplish something. It's easier to see value in your work if you've done it alongside someone that isn't new. I completely agree. And I think I've talked about this before in like one of the onboarding processes at my sites that I haven't been able to work closely closely with someone and it's so frustrating cuz like you miss those details that 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 are site specific basically. Mm-hmm. Um but I completely agree. And again, I feel like we've talked about how to approach it, you know, with your manager. You go up and you can say, "Hey, is there someone I can work alongside or someone I can shadow maybe?" Yeah. Um and not to take up, like, your time to shadow, because obviously they hired you to do work, but, like, maybe just an extra shadowing experience, just so you're more familiar with it. But I completely agree with that one. Plus, you get, like, reassurance that if someone reviews your work, you're like, okay, if they do it that way. They said it's all good. Mm-hmm. It must be good. And then his last point is going alongside kind of what I mentioned earlier, making a list of your evidence. Um, numbers help to have that backup data to provide. So... I feel like, again, same mindset, STEM, engineers, we love seeing the numbers. So I feel like, again, if you bring, anticipate the questions, anticipate how the meeting is going to go and bring these facts and the background info, I feel like that'll help a lot. 
and it'll make you more credible. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is some great advice to end this segment of the episode. I think, I don't know, just my final thoughts of imposter syndrome, if you're someone who's listening, I think, you know, literally we're two girls sitting here telling you that we have felt it before, and I'm sure like anybody else that you have an honest conversation with in the industry will probably admit that at one point or another they also felt imposter syndrome. So I think... You know, surrounding yourself with um, like a community of women, especially we have our Facebook group that you can join linked in our bio. If you're ever feeling like so much imposter syndrome and you just need to like vent or chat to other women, like, you know, drop drop a a post in that Facebook group. And I'm sure everybody else in that group is going to be like, yes, girl, I feel you because it's it happens. And, um, you know, try implementing some of these tips that we talked about today and hopefully that will help. Yes, definitely. And you can find that Facebook group in our Instagram bio, which is at my best friends and engineer, which is also our TikTok. And Libby, what's our YouTube? Our YouTube is at BFE Podcast. And um, do you have any other final thoughts on imposter syndrome? I think we pretty much wrapped it up and covered everything. Yeah, we have a lot of points. Um, I don't know. I It's inevitable, but... Hopefully, some of the tips that we provided can help mitigate it. The title of this little episode. (laughs) Yeah, right? And um, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. If you're leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, leave a written review and share a time that you've had imposter syndrome or a time that you overcame imposter syndrome, better yet. We'd love to hear all about it. And um, again, like like Lexi said, hopefully some of these tips will help you. Amazing. Well, where can they find you, Libby, if they want to DM you messages of their imposter syndrome? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at my best friends and engineer. Why no. did I do that again? <laughs> this is the second time I've done that. I, my brain is literally on autopilot. Okay, you guys, scratch that. Of course, you can find me there. But my personal Instagram and TikTok is at Libby Beyond the Label. And then another one final update from me is that the website is launched, LibbyBeyondTheLabel.com. And I'm going to try to do, like, a monthly newsletter with more advice um, for women in STEM. So subscribe to that newsletter if you want more advice. Where can they find you on social media, Lexi? You can find me at Engineer Lexi on TikTok and Instagram. I do not have a website. I'm glad that you said your social media handle is correct, unlike (laughs) who has mush brain right now. (laughs) It's okay. Are you going to, what are you going to do? Are you going to make dinner? Did you guys make dinner yet or? gonna go on a little walkie walk and um enjoy this lovely thursday evening um friday junior thank goodness that tomorrow is friday amazing love that all right well next time we talk we're gonna hear all about your um vacation yes yes you will hopefully i didn't get bored gored by a bison (laughs) oh god a bison okay um (laughs) (laughs) okay you want to take us um lead us away with closing out the episode Yes. All right. I'm Lexi. And I'm Libby. And thanks for listening listening to to my best best friends friends and engineers.